Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am incredibly excited because we're going to be sharing God's Word in a, in a way that I believe is going to set people free. If you're listening today, I want you to know that as we prepare our hearts to receive from the Lord Himself, I believe that for some of us, bondages are going to break. For some of us, there's going to be a deposit from heaven right into our heart and into our minds today. I believe that God is going to pour out His Spirit into us through His Word. I really believe that God is setting people up for a great, great victory. I believe that when the battle becomes the Lord's and we hand over the battle to Him, the victory is ours. So today, I want you to prepare your hearts. I want you to get ready for God's Word. As I pray in a moment, I want you to join me in prayer and let us all collectively together ask God through the Holy Spirit Himself to speak directly into our hearts. Because listen, church, I don't want to just speak a whole lot of nonsense today. I don't want to just quote a, a few people today. I want to hear God speak to us today. As the preacher today, I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, trying to entice you with flattering words. I want us today, me included, to hear God speak to us because when we hear God's voice, everything changes. So today, come on, will you join with me as we pray and ask the Holy Spirit right there in your lounges, in your dining room, doesn't matter if you're in Musenberg or if you're in Fishhook or if you're in Takai or if you're in the UK, it doesn't matter where you are today. We have an opportunity to hear God speak to us. You ready? Come on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that today we will not hear a preacher's opinion. We will not hear flattering words, but today we will hear the Holy Spirit Himself speak to us. I pray, Lord, that as we hear you and as we follow you, that, Lord, today for someone, someone listening today, I pray for breakthrough. I pray for deliverance. I pray for healing. I pray for wisdom from above. I pray that as you bring revelation into our hearts, that Jesus Christ, today, as we follow you, Lord, things in our lives are about to change. There's, there's a move. There's a, a shifting going to take place in our own homes, in our own lives, in our businesses. I pray for a deposit from heaven into our lives today so that, Lord, truly we can echo the prayer that Jesus prayed. We can literally live out the prayer that he prayed. Let your will be done. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I pray this right now in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Let's get ready for God's word. Before we get into the word, let me just uh, 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 tell you a little bit about uh, something I saw on TV a long time ago. Not so long, maybe a couple of years ago. And there was this huge hurricane that hit, uh, I think, the east coast or the southern eastern coast of America. And there was a reporter walking through uh, the town and just describing what he was seeing. And it was just absolute devastation. As he was walking down this one particular famous road, I forget the road name, excuse me for that, but he's walking down this road. And, and there used to be this beautiful row of palm trees that used to stand high. It was beautiful. But every single palm tree had literally had been ripped from the ground and was lying down in the middle of the road. Uh, the, it, it had been totally destroyed. But as he was walking down the road, he came across this old, old oak tree. 
This oak tree had broken branches. This oak tree had all its leaves blown off. But guess what? The oak tree was still standing. Do you know why? Do you know why the palm trees had just been blown over? Even though they were beautiful, majestic, they could not withstand the storm because the root system was shallow. The oak tree, over the years and years that had gone by, had allowed its roots to grow deeper and deeper and deeper so that when the storms actually hit, the one that stood was the one with deep roots. Today, I want to challenge every single person. It's time to get deep in the Word of God. It's time to get deep in the Spirit. Come on, church. I don't know about you, but the whole point of today's message is simply this. It's a challenge, so we're going to end off with this challenge, but we're going to start with it as well. I want us to make a decision today. I want you to make a decision right there where you are in your homes today. Make this decision. Lord, in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of this trial, Father, I'm going to let my roots go deep. I'm going to go deeper for you, Jesus Christ, so that no storm and no coronavirus, no lockdown is going to lock us down. No lockdown is going to destroy us. We're going to stand strong. Yes, we might have a few branches blow off. Yes, we might uh, see our leaves disappear, but I know our roots are rooted in Jesus Christ, so there will be fruit. We will grow and we will stay strong for Jesus' name. Amen. Do you agree with me? I believe that today, as we go into this word that God is going to challenge us to get deeper with Him. You've obviously heard or read a bumper sticker or seen the sign somewhere where it says, when life hands you a lemon, what? Make lemonade. Uh, it's, it's a very uh, a, a statement that we've all heard over and over again. So when, ha when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. It's a common statement. But let's just be quite honest. Even though it's a very easy statement to say, it's a very easy, easy statement to see, and, but it's a difficult statement to actually live out. But I believe not only is it a true statement, it is also a biblical statement. I believe that the Bible over and over again shows us many examples of people that go through trials, that go through hardships, that uh, see uh, defeat, where God has the ability to turn things around. So those that were victims actually become victors. I want you to know something. Over and over again, we can read in the scriptures how God has raised people out of the pit and brought them to a place where He has exalted them, where God Himself has put them in a path of victory. I want to prophesy for someone here today, you might feel defeated. You might feel like there's no chance, there's no hope for you, but I'm believing that God is going to change your circumstance. He's going to change your whole demeanor. In fact, you're no longer going to be a victim. You're going to be a victor. Why? Because you have the spirit of the living God in you. And if he could do that for many characters in the Bible, he is not a respecter of persons. He can do it for you today. Just receive from him. I can confidently say this today to everyone listening. The coronavirus is of the devil. He has come to steal, kill, and destroy. God has allowed the church to go through this trial. Let me just say, God has allowed us to go through this trial because He has a purpose. Not to punish us, not to harm us, but to propel us into His great 
plans and purposes for the church. I want you to know something. I want you to totally understand this, that God has a plan. God hasn't abandoned us. God is still with us in the midst of the storm. And I just love the fact that when Jesus told his disciples to get in the boat and get to the other side, his plan was for them to get to the other side. The enemy might have come against them in a storm, but guess what? The end of the story is Jesus calmed the storm and he allowed them to do and to get to the place where he wanted them to be. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know something. God has got a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. John 10 verse 9 to 11 says this. This is the words of Jesus saying, I am the gate. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. Listen to this. In other words, you will have no harm come to you. There'll be no destruction that'll come to you. Why? Because Jesus will protect you. It goes on to say, he will come in and go out and find pasture. Listen, we'll find a place of safety. He's, he will find a place of provision. Why? Because he goes on to say that the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to all its fullness. Can you hear what the Spirit of the living God is saying to you today? Even though the enemy is attacking, even though the enemy is trying to destroy, he's come to steal, kill, and destroy us. Here's the good thing. He is the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd, he says. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. God is good. He is our shepherd. In the midst of this coronavirus, in the midst of lockdown, I want you to know something. Jesus Christ is still good. God is still good. So I want us for a moment as we, as we ponder the fact that God is good, that God has got a plan for us, I want us to, to understand that when a trial comes, when hardship comes, it's not coming at us without a purpose. You see, there's two people that have got a purpose behind a trial. Two people that's got a purpose behind an attack. One, it's the enemy. He wants to destroy. But understand this, God has got a plan too. He's come to give us life and life more abundant. James chapter 1 verses 1 to 2. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes. Listen to this word now, very important. The 12 tribes which are scattered, listen to this word, scattered abroad. Greetings, my brethren. Counted, here is a very important part. Counted all joy when you fall into various trials. When you fall into various Trials. I want you to hear that word for us this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I want you to know something. That every single person in this world has and will go through trials. We've got to understand that the enemy is coming up against us, but God is for us. But this morning, I want to answer a simple question. Why are we going through the trials? Why do we go through hardships? Why is it that we're attacked on the left, the right, sometimes in front of us, sometimes from behind us? Why is it that God allows these things in our lives? Why is it that God allows these hardships to come our way? James, I believe, gives us an answer on how to go through a trial successfully and to see the purpose behind this trial. So today, as we go on, I'm not going to take a lot of time with this, but I want us to understand James is preparing us. James is speaking to the church. He's telling us some truths about the trials that we might be facing. I want you to know something. If you are going through this coronavirus, you're going through lockdown, and, and it feels like everything is coming up against you, you are not alone. And I believe that the 
Bible, the Word of God, is the source of all truth. And if we can hear what the Spirit is saying today, you and I, when we go through this trial, we'll go through this trial knowing that God has got a purpose, He's got a plan, and we will be victorious at the end. So here's the first thing we've got to understand, is that we need to rejoice. We need to praise God. We need, to, uh, we need to get to a place of, of absolutely ad adoration and loving God in the midst of the trial. I believe that praise is key in the midst of a trial or in a storm. You see, the Bible says, count it all joy when you go through various trials. In Acts chapter 8, verse 1, we read this, And Saul was consenting to his death. And in that day, there was a great, listen to these words, persecution on the church at Jerusalem. And all were, listen to the word that James used, now listen to this, and all were scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except for the apostles. So here's the scenario. Uh, James is speaking in the midst of great persecution, and he tells the church, listen, count it all joy that you're going through these trials. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you. That's the last thing I want to hear when things are going wrong. Hey, guys, rejoice. Hey, guys, come on, praise. Hey, guys, lift up your voices. Hey, guys, clap your hands because God is good when we're going through tough times. But I want you to know something. There is the key. That is the key to getting through this trial. I believe that praise has the ability to unlock prison doors. I believe that as we praise and lift up our voices, the walls of Jericho can come down. I believe that today for someone here... I want to challenge you in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the persecution, begin to praise God. Allow His joy to be your strength in the midst of this trial. So here it is. The devil has a plan to destroy the church. Let's persecute her, he says. Let's separate families. Let's scatter them everywhere. So the devil comes up with this plan. We're going to destroy the church. Let's scatter the church everywhere. Great plan. But what does God do? What is God's purpose behind the scattering of the church? He causes out of this persecution a great rejoicing because the gospel, listen to this, the gospel was propelled at such a great rate. You know why? All of a sudden there were Christians that were scattered to all the regions. All of a sudden, instead of preaching just in Jerusalem, the enemy, what he meant for destruction, actually destroyed his own plans because all of a sudden the Christians were scattered all over preaching the good news, preaching the gospel and many many people were coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior can you see what the enemy meant for harm God turned it around to propel his kingdom to advance his kingdom I love the fact that this is a pattern right from the beginning think about what the devil did to Jesus I'm going to kill him I'm going to put him on a cross I'm going to embarrass him I'm going to cause him to have shame in his life I'm going to strip him down naked I'm going to put him in a tomb but guess what God turned what the enemy meant for destruction and that purpose propelled propelled the purpose of God so that the whole of the world can be saved can you see that whatever the enemy tries God has the ability to turn it round see the key word for me is the word count count it literally means to think to regard to look upon to judge and I love this last part to stand over i love that last statement to stand over you know why church in other words can i give you ryan's uh, ryan's version of that's what that actually means it means uh, that when you go through a trial have a view from the top and not the bottom 
always see heaven's view. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that the Bible is the truth. I believe that when the Bible says, I'm the head and not the tail, that's the truth. I believe that when God uh, elevates us to a place where we can overlook, when we can look down at the enemy, because the enemy is supposed to be at our feet. Ladies and gentlemen, when we have another look at this coronavirus, this lockdown that the church must endure, I want you to know something. It's time to change our view. It's time for us to look from the top down. We need to look from heaven's point of view. I've heard people say, you're too heavenly minded, so you know earthly good. Can I be honest with you? That's an incorrect statement. We've got to get more heavenly minded so we can have an impact on this world because Jesus taught us, I'm going to say it again. He said this, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We've got to get heaven's mindset. We've got to get heaven's view. We've got to see it from God's point of view and that will cause the church to once again rise up and praise God because God is still on the throne. I love it. Count it all joy. It's also a financial term, which means to evaluate. Someone once said, our outlook determines our outcome. Oh, come on, say that again. Our outlook determines our outcome. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to be people of vision. We've got to start seeing what God wants us to see. I believe in this day and age, as we go through this lockdown, and I'm not trying to belittle it. I'm not trying to make it all sound all airy-fairy. I know it's tough. I know it's hard. It was tough for the Christians in the book of James when they were scattered abroad. I believe initially they thought, what is going on? But as they stood firm to the gospel, as they continued to preach the truth, the gospel spread at an amazing rate. I want you to know something. The enemy, yes, wants to destroy us, but God will turn things around to propel his kingdom in our lives, in our businesses, in our health, in every single area. See the kingdom of God advance. Paul is a great example of this as well. Think about the scripture, and I'm going to explain it in a moment. Paul, great example of this. Acts chapter 26 verse 2. Paul says this, I think myself happy King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things which I am accused of by the Jews. The word think is the exact same word as the word count. Count. Paul wasn't afraid or even disappointed about standing before King Agrippa to be judged. In fact, Paul makes the word and says the word, I'm happy. In other words, I believe that this is God's plan because God has opened up an opportunity. Only God could do this. Open up opportunity for me to actually preach to you today. Come on, just think about that. God opened up an opportunity for Paul to preach to King Agrippa. The enemy thought he was going to destroy Paul. The enemy thought he was going to have Paul judged. Yet Paul stood at that place of a trial and the place of hardship and he thanked God. He said, I'm happy because today I've got an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you today. Come on church, I want you to see a pattern. I hope you're seeing it. I hope you're seeing it today. How the enemy comes in like a flood wanting to destroy us but God raises up a standard. God overturns his plans for us so that we can propel the kingdom of God. That's why Paul had this attitude. Paul had this attitude. Let me just say, Paul went through hardships. Paul was shipwrecked. He was bitten by a snake. He was stoned. He was beaten. You name it. He was thrown into prison over and over again. His life was threatened over and over again but Paul makes this statement in Philippians 4 verse 4 rejoice in the Lord always and again what does he say I say rejoice come on church time for us to rejoice I want to end this point off with a, a wonderful illustration a wonderful story Corey ten Boom 
I think a lot of us have heard and read many of the, the books that the, they wrote. And uh, I'm reading, I'm just going to read a portion of the book uh, called The Hiding Place. It relates to an incident that taught her always to be thankful. She and her sister Betsy had just been uh, transferred to the worst German prison camp they'd ever seen yet at Ravensbrück. On entering the barracks, they found them extremely overcrowded. And here's the worst part. It was flea infested. In fact, the fleas were biting them non-stop. That morning, their scripture reading was when 1 Thessalonians that reminded them to rejoice always, to pray constantly, to give thanks to God in all circumstances. Betsy told Corey, stop and thank God for every detail of their new living quarters. At first, Corey flatly refused to thank God for the fleas. But Betsy persisted. Now, I want you to stop there for a moment. I don't know about you, but how the heck can we be thankful for fleas biting us? Let's be quite honest. But... The story goes that Corey eventually started to thank God for the fleas. During the months they spent at that camp, they were surprised to find how open they could hold openly they could hold Bible studies, prayer meetings without a single God ever interfering in their services. It was not until seven months later that they learned the reason that the gods would never stop their services. Do you know what the reason was? The fleas. The gods did not want to enter into the room because of the fleas. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, can you see how God takes something that the enemy uh, wants to use to disrupt us? The enemy wants to use to suck the blood out of us. Here's the amazing thing. Isn't it amazing? God turned around so they could have freedom of worship. So look at this church. Understand, when you go through a trial, there's a bigger plan. God has got bigger purposes. Don't look at this coronavirus. Don't look at this lockdown as the end. No, no, no. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me carefully. This is the beginning of something great coming into your life. If your business is flat and there's no business coming in and you're wondering, how am I going to make it? I want you to know something. God has got bigger plans. God's got greater plans. Understand what the enemy has meant to destroy you. God's going to turn around and propel the kingdom of God in your life. And secondly, and my last point for today, is simply this. Recognize the Lord in the midst of the trial. Recognize the Lord in the midst of the trial. James 1 verse 3 goes on to say, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. I want to focus on the word knowing. Understand, know, recognize that God has a plan in all of this. James wants us uh, to know something about trials. Believers need to recognize that God has a purpose in sending these trials our way. God has a plan for us. What is the plan? Simply put, He wants to conform us to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. So trials are really working for us and not against us. Come on, I want to say that again. I want you to hear that. The trial that you're going through right now, the hardship that you entered into right now, it's not working against you. It's actually working for you. And that's important for us to understand. Have you ever seen a carpet? Yes, of course you've seen a carpet. All of us have seen carpets. But here's something amazing about carpets. When you turn it upside down, it doesn't look very pretty. 
But when you turn it the right way around, all of a sudden you can see the patterns, you can see the color, you can see the beauty. I want to say this to you today. When you look at a trial from the wrong side up, all you're going to see is misery and torment. But when you turn it around and see God's plan and all this, when you see, listen to me, Jesus Christ in the midst of the trial, everything that was ugly, God has the ability to make it beautiful. I want you to know that. So God has a plan for us, and this plan is to conform to the image of Jesus Christ. Romans 8.28 says this, and we know, look, come on, I love the scripture. I know you love it too. You've probably quoted this a million times. But read it in this way. <clears throat> and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. We love that. To, be, to those who are called according to His purpose. From whom He foreknew and He predestined to be what? Sorry, to be what? To be conformed to the image of his son. Yes, God works all things together for him that believes. But what is the purpose behind it? To be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 to 18 says this, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So what is the plan, Lord? What is the plan of this hardship? What is the plan of all these uh, things that we are going through? Why are we going through such a time, tough time? Lord, my business is battling, my finances, my health, Lord. What is the plan? Once again, will, once again, the devil will lose. Why? Because here's the thing. That's what I love. I want you to catch this for a moment. You see, when life's issues and life's problems and when, and when the devil begins to squeeze us, come on, let's be honest, sometimes as he begins to squeeze us, a little bit of Ryan might come out. I might react a little bit indifferently. I might react in a little bit of anger. I might react in a bit of fear. A little bit of Ryan comes out initially, but there, when there's no more Ryan left, guess who comes out of me? Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, power. I want you to know something. As the enemy tries to choke the life out of us, yes, he might choke a little bit of Ryan out of Ryan, but guess what? There's a certain point where there's no more Ryan left, and it begins to usher in the power and the presence of the Almighty God. Ladies and gentlemen, the enemy has no clue what he's about to do with the church. He thinks he's destroying it. He thinks he's, he's actually killing the life out of the church, but what he's actually doing is squeezing us to a point where where there's more of Jesus Christ, more of the Spirit of the living God. I want you to know something, ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus starts to flow out of Ryan, when Jesus starts to flow out of you, there is no power on earth that can stand against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Bible says He has the name that's above every other name. To that name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. Come on, squeeze us. Come on, try and push the life out of us. All it's going to do is produce more of Jesus Christ. Think about how they produce gold. It has to be purified. It has to go through the fires to get all the impurities out so that the pureness of gold is what is left. I want you to know something. This coronavirus, this lockdown, all that the enemy is doing is causing us to be purified and to allow more of Jesus to come out of us. 1 Peter 4 verse 12 to 13 says this, and I'll end off with the scripture beloved do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you 
as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory is, listen to us, revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Right there where you are. I know you're going through a tough time. I know this lockdown has caused so many diff different emotions to rise up within us. Some of us, we feel angry. Some of us, we feel worried. Some of us, we don't know what tomorrow holds. But don't think this is strange. It's normal. Because here is the point. These trials that you're going through is just for a moment. There is an exceeding joy coming. All we got to do is be like that oak tree. Come on, think about how I started. That oak tree, get your roots deep, rooted in Jesus Christ. You see, a lot of people focus on suffering. A lot of preachers out there focus a lot on the suffering. Oh, church, you got to suffer. Oh, church, you got to go through a hard time. And yes, church, we do suffer. Yes, church, the Bible says we partake in the suffering of Jesus Christ. Yes, the Bible says carry your cross. I get all that. We share in Christ's suffering. Yes, it's a good thing. But did you know, and I end off with this, I want you to understand this. We also share in His resurrection. I want you to catch that. I don't want to focus on the fact that we just share and he's suffering. We just carry the cross. Yes, sometimes it feels like we're dead. But here's the good news. We also share in his resurrection. We are resurrected with Christ. And next week when we talk, that's where we're going to start. We're going to start talking about our identity in Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know something right there where you are. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes because this is an important moment. I want you to know something. God loves you. He's never left you. He's never abandoned you. Yes, this trial, this hardship might feel like it's just going on and on and on. But I want you to know something. At the end, there's great joy coming your way. Today, for those who do not know Jesus, I need you to know He loves you. He loves you so much that He was willing to die on a cross for you. He was willing to take what the enemy meant for destruction in your life. He took all that destruction on Himself. Why? So that yes, you go through tough times, but at the end, there's a resurrection. There is life and life more abundant. I want to invite you to come to know Jesus right there where you are. So on your screens, your device that you're watching, there's a little place that you click. It says, I accept Jesus. You raise up your hand. Come to know Jesus. And for those who are Christians, those who love God, and you're going through a tough time, I'm going to remind you, you're not alone. The Bible's full of men and women of God that's gone through tough times. But every, listen to me, every time God has rescued them, God has taken the enemy's plans, turned it around to propel his will, His plans and purposes in their lives. So today, I encourage you right there you are, put your trust in Him. Father, in Jesus' name, we seal this moment. We bless every person that's listened to this message. I pray that there will be a moving of the Spirit in their hearts. We honor you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.